This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, guys. Hi, everyone. What's going on? Happy Thursday. I know I'm seeing you at a little bit of a different day this week, but I don't know. I just... A lot of times I'm just like overflowing with ideas and I have so many things that I want to be bringing to the table and talk to you guys about. And then other times I feel like my brain just needs a little break. So I took a break this Monday and then all week I've been thinking about what I wanted to do a live about. And honestly, I've been all over the spectrum. Like I was looking up Reddit hairstylist horror stories and client horror stories, which were very entertaining. I was in the TikTok land of like, that's talking all about how hairdressers have kind of like lost their minds. I went through all of that. I was going to talk about that with you guys. I was going to do um, some funny, needy client stories. But what I've landed on is um, talking about like, what would we tell our younger selves about beauty and about this industry when we first got into it. So I'm gonna read a bunch of comments from um, a behind the chair thread. So this is the, what would you do behind the chair posts that I think are always super entertaining. You guys always come through and share your opinions over there. For those of you that are watching with me, I would love to hear what you've learned or what you would tell your younger self about beauty and the industry since you've been in it. And yeah, so we can just kind of have some fun today, do something a little lighthearted, do something a little bit like sweet and inspirational and less like teachy if that is cool with you guys. So something a little different. So when I personally think about what I would tell my younger self in getting into this industry, I mean, I think the number one thing I would just say is like, girl, keep an open mind, okay? Because I think that what how we perceive it and then even how it is in hair school and then what it is like once we're out and like actually in it and then experiencing different salons, experiencing different clients and services, I mean, I think that it's one of those things that you truly can't know what it's going to be like until you're in the middle of it, in it, and working on it, and having all of these experiences. So it's like, keep an open mind. I would also tell my younger self, like, to just keep saying yes to things until I can kind of have clarity around exactly what I want. I think sometimes we are tempted to kind of like pigeonhole ourselves like really quickly in the industry we see other people having success at something. And so we think that's the one right way to do it. 
or that sometimes we have like a certain mentor or a certain boss or some inspiration and so we try to like craft ourselves into that really early but I feel like my success and like really my fulfillment in the industry came from just saying yes a lot so yes to different services um yes when salons asked me for help yes to writing editorial articles for like larger um corporations in the industry like just yes you know talk at a school do this do this do this it's like I was just always down for it because it's like you just don't know what you're gonna like until you try it okay d happy one says the beauty industry can be the ugliest environment i say stay joyful have a great time and stay in your lane don't worry about others it's about you and your clients enjoy oh i love that one and you're so right like worrying about others is such a huge thing in this industry like first of all worrying if your peers are judging what you're doing like have you guys ever felt that I feel like in the beginning that is so stressful it's like because we're really working very publicly right like all of your co-workers can kind of hear your conversations if you're in a regular salon they can see the work that's walking out the door like it's pretty it's a pretty intimidating thing you really have to like build up a thick skin and like build your confidence and that can take a little bit of time for sure but you know, not worrying so much about what your boss wants from you, what your, you know, whatever. It's like, what feels good in my soul and in my spirit? I love that. Daisy Wildhair says, I would say, keep trying if you don't find the right culture slash tribe. There's something out there for everyone. Sometimes people quit because they think it's all the same out there. That is absolutely true. I can tell you guys. So the very first salon I went to out of hair school was like a tiny um, treehouse salon and it was ran by a first generation, well I wouldn't say first generation, I guess she's like a European immigrant, okay? So she had immigrated in her lifetime here from Germany and she owned the salon. So she really came from that very technical European um, hairdressing, which if you guys haven't had the chance to study under someone like that, I mean, I highly recommend it. It was very challenging because there's so many cultural differences. Um, but it was great, like skill-wise, all of that, I feel like I it gave me such a great perspective on the craft, but a negative perspective on the culture. And so if I would have just quit the industry altogether because I'm like, oh my God, is this how people are treated everywhere? I really would have missed out on some amazing things. So it's true. It's like, take the experiences and, you know, take the good from them, take the lessons from them and go forward. I also think that like, it's realizing too that learning what you don't want is sometimes even more valuable than learning what you do want. I don't know if that's happened for you guys, but that's definitely happened for me. Sometimes there is no clearer signal than being in <laughs> a salon or a client situation or being anywhere in your career or relationships or whatever, where you're like, you get that clear red light and it's like, okay, cool. Now I really know what to look for at the next place. So yeah, keep going. And truly, if we think about like where the top salons came from, 
it's probably from someone out there who couldn't find the perfect environment and so created it themselves. So if you keep seeking and you're not finding what you need, maybe it's part of your path to create it, you know? So keep listening to your heart, keep trying, keep experimenting. But yes, it can be very overwhelming when you first get in. So it's like, have an open mind. Okay, so some of the ones on this thread about what advice would you give your younger hairstylist self? And for those of you that are just jumping on here, please drop what yours are. Um, I love having this conversation. But um, so we have 09V isn't for everybody, so stop. <laughs> Which really is so funny because that is true that like when you're newer in the industry, you want to use like the same exact toners on everybody. <laughs> And especially that 09V has like a chokehold because you really think it's going to like right all the wrongs and like right all the sins and like yellow orange hair in life. But like it won't. If it is not lifted light enough, it is still not going to look good. So that's hilarious advice. Um, stay in one place, someone said, which is interesting. I do think that it's like, Sometimes we quit too soon, you know, so I do, I do believe in like giving something a true chance and giving yourself to really grow through a process versus just like dipping out and maybe not uh, maturing or evolving in a way that that lesson could have held you. But I also like really admire people who understand really quickly that a situation isn't good for them and they go and find what's better. Like I see both sides on this one for sure. I am definitely a stay, like try every possible thing, beat a horse to death before I'll leave because I'm just someone who doesn't want to have regrets. I, I always want to know that if I walk away from a salon situation, uh, from a relationship, from a friendship, like whatever, that I really gave it my all. Like I, there is no regrets. Like, and on, you know, like I said, with the other side, it's like, would I have been happier not? putting all that effort in, you know, especially the ones that ended anyway, like probably, but at least I get to have peace that like, there's no regrets. I did, I did everything that I could. I don't know what else to say. Um, someone said, charge your worth from the start. There's, I've only been doing hair for two years, but I would tell my past self to stop overthinking and don't undercharge. Um, stop staying in toxic environments, hoping they will change for the better. Just leave. Ooh, how many of us have like seen the potential in a situation like that? And we're like, no, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. That first salon that I mentioned, um, the European salon. I mean, I just kept thinking when I'm not in the associate program anymore, like when they have me as like a stylist on the floor, everything will change. Like I'm going to be treated totally differently. Um, it's going to be so different. And so I kept like holding on to this little string of hope. And then right when I was about to graduate the associate program, which salon owners will probably cringe when I say that that's when I left because that's every salon owner's biggest fear, but like have a better environment. Like, what do you expect? Um, but I looked around and I looked at how the salon owner treated stylists who had been there for 10 years, you know, for five years, for three years and like stylists, not associates. And they were still treated 
in a way that didn't align with my values and wasn't something I wanted to be treated like for 10 years. And so that's when I realized it. So I think when you're in these situations, a really good way to tell the potential or if something's going to change is like, how are the, the stylists who are at the top of their game or who have been there the longest, how are they getting treated? Because that will give you so much information about what it's going to look like for you five years down the road or whatever. And you know, you can make a better decision that way. Um, you don't need to service every single client. It's okay to turn down an unrealistic request. So true. Don't we always try to overcome? I mean, it's so easy to want to overcompensate in the beginning for sure. And feel like you have to prove yourself all the time. Like, oh yes, I can make that happen. I can make that happen. And then, you know, underwhelmed with the results. That's a hard one to learn. Um, don't ever stop. I did, I did it for 30 years. And last year I graduated from American beauty school at age 62 and I'm proud of it. Wow. That's awesome. Um, don't apologize for going to the bathroom and then definitely wear better shoes, shoulders down and back. <laughs> I needed that. I'm sitting here all crunching on myself right now. Um, yeah, posture is definitely important. Shoes. I just saw the couple, the cute couple that does like the physical therapy and stuff like that. I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about. Anyway, I saw him talking about shoes and how wearing a variety of shoes actually helps your feet build strength. So, you know, it's not necessarily the best thing to just wear like super comfortable, like clouded shoes all the time. I think a variety is good, but paying attention to our posture is so important. I have just been getting into strength training for like the first time in my life right now. And I've just realized like when your lower back hurts, for example, you need to be doing like the opposite of your body, right? So you need to be strengthening your back, but you also need to be strengthening your core to give relief and support for your lower back. So for me, I always feel like when I have a pain, I need to be resting it or I need to be like nurturing it or going easier on myself. But really that like when we have these pains like that, like muscle pains and things, it's often because they're not strong enough. So I think that is really important to tell our younger selves so that we can have that longevity. Um, make sure your guest legs are not crossed while you're cutting. <laughs> yeah. Or their head. You know how some people just have like a natural like head tilt? I know I do in pictures like anytime the picture is about to get snapped, it's like this. <laughs> it's like seeing how they hold their head and then making sure you can get like that clean perimeter. Okay. Um, never think that a famous platform artist is better than you. The awards they have collected don't mean anything since a lot of hidden politics are involved. That plastic metal object doesn't bring satisfaction. Building relationships with your clients is the only thing that matters. Professionalism, education, and humility alongside not discussing certain subjects that are not meant to be discussed within the salon will allow peace and prosperity on your journey. Wow. What do you guys think about the award shows right now? It's the behind the chair um, awards. Are you guys entering? Do you feel like it's like fairly judged? Do you guys want like, would that be so exciting to you if you won an award like that? Like talk to me about some of the contests that you've seen. I definitely agree with this one about, you know, not just assuming that people with bigger followings or who are 
famous on Instagram are better than you. It is so intimidating when you first get into the industry and it can be really overwhelming, but you know, it is important to try to just keep perspective. A lot of times, like they say, we're comparing our first year behind the chair to someone who's been behind the chair for like 20 years and uses a professional camera and has like a professional lighting kit. Like, you know what I mean? It's so, it's like comparing two different things, like how the fish looks at the tree and is like, oh, I wish I could be a tree. But like, meanwhile, anyway, that's not probably how the parable goes, but you guys know what I mean. Um, if you don't know what Hotworks is, check it out. It's an infrared sauna cross training chain and it's been life changing for me. Ooh, infrared. That sounds super cool. I know I've been seeing a lot of different things, even with like lasers and skincare and like the home kind of laser treatments and skincare treatments, even the um, laser hair removal now. You can buy and do it yourself, do your own treatment. So lasers are definitely like coming in, this infrared and all of that. I'll definitely have to check that out. I'm in Tampa, so I bet they have them around. Um, don't be scared to say no to family and friends who ask for free services, <laughs> definitely. Definitely. It does feel hard to do though. It really does. Um, when I used to be like in a salon and I wasn't the boss of my services, it was easier then because I could always just blame it on my boss and be like, yeah, they're really cracking down. So we can't do this anymore, even though like they weren't and it was our decision. Um, I would kind of lie. So if you guys need a lie, in order to tell your friends and family you can't do discounts, just tell them that your business coach, Ren, told you that you can't do it anymore. And like, God, Ren is just so unfair, but I really can't do it anymore because she said, and she will know, um, just use me as your excuse. Like that's the kind of stuff I always pulled is like giving me and my client a common enemy um instead of me being the enemy which i guess is a cop out but like whatever works why why make it awkward if it doesn't have to be awkward um save your money invest in a roth ira be an assistant never quit taking classes set boundaries and learn to say no all of that is good advice um i think that getting good at like saving our money is definitely good because oh especially that tip money that cash in your pocket it is just so easy for it to just to slip right through our hands um this month actually well really for 2024 i am prioritizing having more no buy months where i literally don't buy anything it's like i have my groceries and then beyond groceries and then my regular bills it is like nada there's no amazon there is no target trips like nothing and y'all it has been so eye-opening it has been incredible um we still did end up going on like a date but like really we've stuck to it it has been harder than i thought and super eye-opening it's been great to see the balance in our account on a no buy month versus our regular month when we didn't even feel like we were spending money Highly recommend, highly recommend. Um, my friends always pay me one third of the price and I'm shy to tell them no. Yeah, it is really hard. It is really hard. And I also think it's not always like a blanket 
with friends because it's like some friends are really going to be your cheerleader, right? Like some friends literally are going to post about you 24 seven. They're going to send you a ton of people. And like, that is a totally different vibe than somebody who you like an acquaintance from high school and you're not even close. And then they're trying to come up to you for a deal. Um, I'll tell you guys, I was in a long-term relationship. <laughs> this is so awful. I was in a very long-term relationship. And after we broke up, the, we'll call them in-laws, right? My ex-in-laws were still coming to see me and they were still getting a family discount, even though I was now broke up with their son. And it was so hard because what was messing with my head and like, maybe you guys don't think, think like this, but what was messing with my head was, would I still be in their life if they didn't get a discount? Like that's the kind of shit that really gets in my head when it comes to friends and family is like, are they using me? Are they just keeping me in their life because I'm like a tool for them? Like what's happening? And I'll tell you when I finally did tell them, I told you guys, I made the salon. The bad guy was like, Oh, the salon said I can't do family discounts anymore or whatever, you know, never saw them again, never saw them again. So, it's just really interesting. It's hard to figure out like how to handle that. And I think at the end of the day, like your gut knows, like your gut knows. And a lot of people will just be like, oh, if they take it bad, then they shouldn't be in your life anyway. But I know it's not that easy. So I send you love. But again, if you want to use me as the person to blame and just be like, oh, I got this annoying ass business coach, Ren, and she said I can't do this anymore sorry like just use me just use me as your excuse um d happy one i agree with the family friend thing why are they coming to see me yeah it would really get in my head and i always struggled with that too even with my super long-term clients like you know i would see them i would see all of their kids i would see the ex-girlfriend still like you know you get involved in these dynamics i would go to their christmas parties i would be invited to like weddings and things but it hits a point where there's always that weird situation that happens where it's like, do they really care about me? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, am I just so good at doing their hair? They're, they like want to make sure I never leave and I am appreciated or like, do they actually care about me as a human being, my growth, my, my development, all of that. So it's hard. Like that, that mental part is hard. And I think that's why it's easier with just regular clients because the boundary is so much more clear. But yeah, it I get I got in my head about that so much. So much. Like would they even be talking to me if they weren't getting a discount with their hair? And spoiler alert, they didn't talk to me again. <laughs> so, um okay. Other advice for what advice would you give your younger hairstylist self? Um, always do a strand test. Ooh, are you guys doing strand tests? Um, it's like, now that I'm not behind the chair anymore, I'm like, man, strand tests rule. But I will say when I was behind the chair, I really just, it felt like it was something that was going to take so much more time. Now that I'm older, um, I realize how much that important, like how important that is. And like in retrospect, I definitely would have made it as part of, a pre-appointment, like a consultation, getting ready for their actual appointment. 
um, if it was someone who was wanting a big change versus just trying to do it like then. D Happy One says, I truly believe some clients do truly love us for what we do to help them. Yeah, I agree. And it is so powerful. Like I haven't been behind the chair since the very end of 2016. So since 2017, and I'm still close with so many clients. Um, I'm still involved in like what's going on. I still want to hear um, what's happening in the drama. Like it's a very special relationship that we build. Um, boundaries, they say boundaries are key to a successful career in this industry. Totally agree. Kind of what we were just talking about with friends and family. Um, don't be afraid to admit your limits. Just because you studied and have a license doesn't mean you can deliver what the client wishes. Pass it on to another hairdresser and learn how they achieve the look. A true professional is honest and admits their limitations. I think that's so powerful. And again, it's like when we first start out, we're not that confident yet. So easier said than done. We're kind of wanting to like, especially right out of hair school, we kind of feel like we can do everything and we want to prove to people like in that Taylor Swift song, that's like, when you are young, they assume, you know, nothing like you're kind of in that situation when you first are getting into the industry and out of school. So we are so hungry to, to prove ourselves and to prove our talent that we can definitely take on things that are a little insane. I definitely remember, you know, many times in the beginning where I would over promise and under deliver, which is the opposite of what you're supposed to do, you know, and then, and then you get better at it. You get better at being like, it could look like this. It could look like this. It could look like this, you know, but by three appointments, it's definitely going to be there, but let's see, you know, it can take anywhere from one to three appointments. Let's see how far we get today. Kind of vibes. Um, go rent a booth. You do have enough clients. Somebody said, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you are an entrepreneurial spirit and you are ready to market the shit out of yourself or you have a really strong network it might be the right thing for you some people love the team and they love having a mentor and all of that stuff so it really just depends but you know salon owners can be a little bit scary with how they talk about things and like oh you'll never make it or you can't just go and make it on your own and things like that but when people are determined, they absolutely can. It's just, you know, going in with our eyes open, right? Realizing, yeah, your salon might not be providing you many clients, quote unquote, but when you're on your own, like you're on your own, like there are no clients that are coming that you are not like hand creating and developing. And so that is a huge challenging shift. But if you're ready to take that on, I say go for it. Why not? Just know you're still going to make about 50%. You're still going to make 50% whether you're booth renting, have a suite, work in a salon. So, you know, what kind of, it's more about like the environment, the freedom and all of that, that goes into it. Okay. Be confident, not cocky. Don't settle for less than what you want. Put your eye on your dream and find a way to make it happen. The minute you think you know it all, you're doomed. Always be ready to learn, especially from your older fellow stylists. Ooh, that's good advice. How easy is it to look at the older stylists and be like, ah, oh, they don't know what they're doing. 
when we come out of school, we're all little nightmares like that. And you guys know it. We're all like, they don't know. <laughs> so I like that. It's like, be humble. Try to learn things. It's like, I feel like when when you're younger and first out of school, you really want to be the smartest person in the room and on a level you like almost believe you are. And then as you get older and wiser, you want to be the dumbest person in the room. Like I love being in rooms where I'm the dumbest person and I can just like listen to the brilliant minds around me and like take it in. Like I don't want to be around just where I'm the one that has all the answers. Like that's so boring. And, you know, we need to be pushing ourselves out of that a little bit. And again, just be open-minded, be humble. Like, even if someone is showing you something that you think you've heard a thousand times, it's like, listen, have an open spirit. They could, like, literally, especially when it comes to, like, color, cutting, styling, like, a wrist change like this could change your whole technique, could change your whole timing, could change everything for you. So when you heard it before, you might have heard the, how the brush was over here and you totally missed this change. And so now you're gonna pick up something new. So it's like just being humble enough to listen. That's education and learning, the exciting part of the industry. It is exciting. And I think too, it's like learning is so exciting and fun sometimes that we forget to do the other part, which is like actually putting it all into place, right? Like <laughs> we can all sit and watch all the education all day long, but it's so, so important that we remember to actually follow through on what we learn at the same time. Um, stick up for myself. So maybe times I got nasty comments and weird looks from people not wanting an 18 year old to do their hair, but yet they'd only want to pay the lower prices and that's what you get. <laughs> so they're just saying, being willing to stick up for yourself. And I think too, it's like being willing to hold your shoulders high because yeah, in the beginning, people are going to be like, you've been out of school how long, you know, like it can be hard to even just own your place or get over some of the doubting words. But yeah, it's like, cool, you underestimate me, let's go. You know, it's like, I had so many clients that were Hispanic and black women who at first look at me were like, I don't know if you're going to be able to handle, handle it. And then I got to pleasantly surprise them, but like that surprise and like that experience came because I knew I could make it happen. You know what I mean? Like I was like, I got this. It's going to be fine. Like you can be nervous, but I'm going to show you and go from there. But it is something that you build up over time. Um, start every client from scratch, do a thorough consultation and use pictures, new and old clients. Don't assume you know what they want and don't assume that they want the same thing as last time. Yes. I think this is so big. I love that one. I love that one. It is so easy to see the clients that we've been seeing, you know, five, six times a year for 10 years and just be like, but it's like we've done it all with them. We feel like they have, they're in their groove. But I think there's always something different that we can add to like spice things up every single visit, whether it's adding in more low lights, adding in more highlights, going around the face now, or dropping their highlight lower so it's like, you know, darker up here. 
adding in some fun, playful layers, showing them a new styling technique. Like really, if we are seeing people six times a year, which our best clients at the most are like seven, right? Six or seven times. You guys have six new ideas for people. <laughs> I know you have six new ideas for them when they come in. Um, so that is important. Um, just save your money, invest in your future. You can't physically do it forever, absolutely. So again, saving your money, making sure you're putting it into um, a retirement fund or a Roth IRA, love that. And you guys, when you think about investing too, it's like, I feel like we can all be kind of all or nothing where even if it's $10, even if it's a spare $10 a week or a spare $20 at the end of the month, it accumulates so quickly. Like don't underestimate the little tiny effort over time. I think sometimes we're like, well, I can't afford to put in $500 a month into a retirement fund. So, but it's like, no, go with $50 a month you know, go $20 a month, but like start taking action because before you know it, by the time you can afford the bigger monthly payments, you're already going to have a nice egg in there <laughs> that is building. Set boundaries. It took me too many years to learn this and I'd let clients walk all over me, emotionally discount, etc. Once I set those boundaries and put my well-being first, I stopped overworking myself and not getting paid what I deserved definitely huge. Um, how often are we tempted to work outside of our schedule? Comment on our days off or take a client and say yes to things that are going to mean we're going to be going late or coming early. Like it is so hard <laughs> if we don't have strong boundaries to even keep with our schedule that we have to not answer text messages the second that they come in. Um, I'm a big believer in a 24 hour respond to messages rule. And I think that's very generous for everybody. No client is going to complain and be like, she got back to me in 24 hours, I'm pissed. Like it's very reasonable, but it also gives you full control when someone is texting you to know, oh, I can message her tomorrow morning when I'm replying to all of my messages or, oh, I can message her at the end of my shift before I go home. And then that's it. I can recheck in in the morning. Like it helps so, so much. Um, Tim Ferriss's four hour work week is where I was first introduced to that concept of like, almost like setting a time for responding to messages. Um, I think that we live in a state of reaction so often where it's like, we answer them when someone messages us, right? Like it's all, the ball is always in everyone's court and we're just like responding all the time versus saying, okay, every day at 8 a.m. or whatever, at 8 a.m. and at 5 p.m., two times a day, I'm going to go through my messages, respond to them, and then that's it. Those are the two times a day. You know you're going to get back to everybody, like I said, within 12 to 24 hours, which is great. That's excellent customer service. Um, and giving yourself the grace to do that, allowing your brain to shut off. And believe me, I know that feeling when you see people texting you and it's like, oh my God, do they hate their hair? Like, is everything okay? But we kind of have to allow ourselves to have that space because other times we're just, if we can't do it, we're just going to hate what we're doing, right? Like we're going to burn out so fast. If we are just letting other people 
dictate our time constantly. It's like, no, you get 8 a.m. and you get 5 p.m. I will get back to you. It is what it is, right? Um, you don't have to do it all. Find your niche, hone those specific skills, and specialize in it. I love that. There were so many people that I knew too who, like for example, didn't like men's cuts and because they didn't like men's cuts, they weren't very good at them, right? And then because of whatever, they would get on their book and it was like this whole stressful thing. And I can see both sides again, but it's like if you really have services that you know that you can't perform well, it's like definitely being honest is going to be better, right? We don't want to go out and do anything mediocre for anybody. So it's like, I do believe in that. Um, do yoga, dub don't double book or constantly squeeze everyone in. Raise your prices annually. Take a vacation annually. You are worthy. <laughs> I love that. And, you know, double booking, again, it's all about preference. Like some people love it. Some people hate any quiet time in their day. Like that's just how they're built. They want to be busy, 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 busy. Like that's their happy place of life. And then I'm not a double booker. And the way that I would do hair, there isn't a processing time typically because it's multi-dimensional color. I'm doing my developers in a way where when the last foil goes in, the first foil, you know, might need to be let out into the air. And then it's all going to be done in like 10 minutes because of how you do the developers. Like... I definitely think there's a, a way to do hair for double booking and a way to do hair for not double booking and both are valid like but yes give yourself permission if you're not a double booker that's fine but make sure that you are obviously charging for everything that you're doing and not dragging out your time especially when you don't pay hourly. Well, also when you do pay hourly because then your clients notice if you're just kind of like dragging out your time, right? So yeah, you gotta be careful because that's the only thing that I see is like when we're not double booking, then we can start to get a little leisurely with things. It's like still be on point, still be on top of your game, have standards for your services and the times that they take, but don't put that pressure on yourself if it's like, unnecessary stress and then you're going to cut corners like that never feels good don't work hard to make money work smart and then save more again saving more be patient never give up it's okay to say no sometimes put yourself first know that you can't please everyone this episode is brought to you by sax.com at sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at sax.com. The struggle is real and the rewards are great. Just keep on keeping on and do you. Don't compromise yourself for the people and places that don't respect your boundaries because the perfect place will stay and the perfect salon. Oh, because the perfect people will stay and the perfect salon awaits you. Totally agree. Like we said, you know, don't jump, don't leave things like too fast 
make sure you're not like just having an emotional response or you're just embarrassed um, because something happened and you feel embarrassed so now you're just gonna run away like we don't want to do that but if an environment is really not working out you got to go um, I had a therapist once who was just like why would you have stayed in that situation for four more years like why would you like <laughs> you don't have to do stuff like that um so give yourself permission to like do what's best for you and your soul even if sometimes it's not rational or practical you know not everything is going to look good on paper like but we have to take care of our human being spirits because we're in a human industry if we are not okay that translates to our clients and that's like the opposite of what we're trying to do sit down more someone said <laughs> right use stools pump people up um i was always like you know you're standing like this or whatever i would always make my legs really wide to like make myself shorter but with a straight back um, do not let people working in the industry walk all over you. Don't stay in one place for too long. I agree with not getting walked all over. You know, we definitely need to understand that like the industry so craves youthfulness and new ideas from young people and young energy that sometimes they can just become like total vampires like energy suckers towards it and they can be asking you tons of advice tons of questions wanting to know your secrets and making you feel special so that you tell them all that stuff and then they're just gonna monetize it and kick you to the curb like it can be very weird out there so it's like always having your wits about you where it's like am i being used does this feel like a mutually beneficial situation Am I giving more than I'm getting in this situation? And just really thinking about it. Trust the toning process and stop overfoiling. <laughs> oh my God, you guys. Yeah, overfoiling really is a problem. I think that stylists have gotten so perfectionist with stuff that we kind of shoot ourselves in the foot because then it gets overly light. Then you have to do a root shadow. Then you have to go back in and add low lights and do all these different toners. It's like, you could have just done highlight low light and <laughs> knock on all the way to the root and you guys would have been good. I love that. You are your only competition. Love it. It's true. It doesn't feel like that at first for sure, especially when you're in a room full of like super talented people. You know, there's more talented people down the street. It is so overwhelming, but like truly you are unique and finding your voice and your style is what, you know, changes everything. It's going to be a long and hard road, but it's going to be worth it. <laughs> Sounds so depressing. Um, be patient. You can't rush skill. It's true. You got to practice. You have to be willing to practice and I think too, we have to be really willing to be bad at things um, and not let our pride talk us out of like trying. Like we just have to be bad at things. Like we're gonna do bad haircut. Um, they're now calling this haircut like a jellyfish haircut. And I will tell you with scooping and swelling layers, I'm sure some of you know what I'm talking about, but scooping layers and swelling layers, 
that can turn into a jellyfish. And I did that to a fine hair client on accident, trying to give her a very trendy, voluminous haircut. And we called it the jellyfish. And now that's a cool thing. Like wherever Sherry is, I hope she knows I was just ahead of my time. <laughs> no, but you have to be willing to try new things. You have to be willing to make mistakes and like just own it and laugh about it and like move forward and fix it the best that you can. But like so many of us are so afraid of looking stupid or, you know, being caught as not knowing absolutely everything, which how could you that we just stay stuck and we do our one thing and like we won't even budge on anything else. So stay open, be willing to make a ton of mistakes. Don't wait to raise your prices. Love that. Um, but before you raise your prices, always make sure you're actually charging your prices. Because I see you guys. So <laughs> charge your prices the right way first. And then don't wait to raise your prices. Um, I work with someone who is making like $12,000, $13,000 a month. And she raises her prices every four months. And her clients are obsessed with her. She has a waiting list, everything. So don't think it's like a once a year thing just for inflation. Like when you know how to build a clientele, like you're set. Okay, let's do one more here. Someone said, okay, this will be our last one. Um, what advice would you give your younger hairstylist self? And they said, count your tips. And I think that that is good advice because it feels like it's little bits here and there, but it's probably like 800 to $1,000 a month that you guys are making in tips. And that's a lot of money. So yeah, counting it, make sure you're thinking of how you can be using that tip money. Um, I think it's important to kind of like, even with let's say our home hair care that we give out, that we have people go home with, it's like when you say, I want the sales from the hair care that my clients take home to cover my car bill or my car insurance, you know, I want my tips to cover my mortgage or my rent. It makes it more real and tangible. And then we actually start thinking about money in a different way. Like maybe your tips are for your grocery are for your groceries or something like that. But sometimes we just see the cash as like extra nothing money. And then obviously before we know it, a thousand dollars has slipped through our hands and we don't even know how or where it went. So definitely counting your tips is a great idea. Um, thank you guys for hanging out with me, for sharing your own advice to your younger self. Um, I had a lot of fun doing this. I'd love to do like, let me know what you think about this format of kind of like covering a topic and just reading different responses um, from the industry. It's kind of nice to mix it up a little bit um, and just hang out with you. So I hope you guys have a beautiful rest of your week. I will be seeing you on Monday. And yeah, that's it. Bye guys.